Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, uh, one and all. You survived Thanksgiving. We survived Thanksgiving, and we are back, and we are better than ever. We are live, and if you're tuned in, you're listening to TaylorTerraRadio.com. And, uh, well, you know, what better way to start out the Monday than with audio problems, of course. What else is new in the uh in the in the world of live radio? Um yes, uh we uh we have an exciting show for you guys today. Um really an important show. Um the National Climate Assessment came out and really what better one of our uh regular guests um, she's a climate scientist. Elena Christopoulos is going to be joining us. And you're going to really want to tune in for this. And for those of you listening later on uh, on the download um, or on other podcasting listening platforms, you're going to want to stay tuned. Uh, if you want to jump ahead, you know, later on when you download to uh, Elena. But she isn't, she, she's really, um, she's not one of these like, Flunky pundits who come on TV and say, well, I'm not really a scientist, but no, she really is a climate scientist, So, and she knows what the hell she's talking about, so you'll want to stay tuned for that. All right, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at jwadetaylor. If you'd like to follow Tara on Twitter, that's my friend, my partner, and my co-host here, um... On Twitter, you can do so at Tara Dublin Rocks. And if you like to follow the show account, you can do so at Taylor Tara Radio on Twitter. Uh, I'd like to say good morning, and uh, how was your Thanksgiving, my my dear friend? It was lovely. How are you, Jason? We we actually didn't even really talk to each other over the weekend, did we? No, we did not. Well, it's because I have a mother here. Right. So what I'm going to do real quickly, um, Tara knows what I'm going to do. I'm going to 
I got to go and right into the studio, fix something. I'll let you kind of just carry the conversation for a minute, and I'll be right back. Oh, good. I, I love doing that. All right. Well, happy Monday, everybody. I'm going to tell you a quick little story about something that did happen over the Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, those who are regular listeners to the Taylor and Tara radio podcast have been following the saga of Crosby, the cat that came to live with me, who ended up being much more of a handful than a cat ought to be. Uh, you may recall that Crosby broke his leg while we were live on the air. Um, he healed, but his issues uh, were behavioral before he broke his leg. Um, he came to, I was his third owner and uh, his history, not fully known, but what was clear is that Crosby was never loved on as a tiny, tiny, tiny kitten taken from his mother and the litter too soon, I think, uh, lived outside, fought, fended for himself. Uh, the people that I inherited from, there was a cat there and a child there that the cat, my cat, Crosby, was aggressive with. When I inherited him, um, the first day he was loving, but then from that point forward, he was aggro and bitey, and we really couldn't figure out why, and then he broke his leg, and then it got worse. Um, and then, uh, you know, his once the leg healed, his behavior still didn't get better. He's still aggro and bitey despite using a fell-away diffuser and a calming collar and uh, so many Jackson Galaxy videos and all kinds. I read and read and read, and I did all of this behavioral stuff. And what it really came down to, my friends, is that Crosby needed more than I could give him. I live in a small apartment. There's no other uh, animals here for him to play with. I live on the second floor. Letting him out is not really an option. There's too many kids and dogs and cars in my apartment complex. And I was starting to get very stressed about what to do about this beloved animal because I couldn't just release him to the wild. So um, my friends on Facebook had been, uh, welcome back, Jason. Um, uh, uh, my friends on Facebook were aware of my saga with Crosby and I put it out there like I I've reached my breaking point. You know, how many times can I get bitten? How many, how much blood can I give for this animal? He was clearly unhappy and clearly letting me know he was not happy in this situation. So uh, I put on Facebook that I didn't know what to do. And a friend of mine who lives not that far from me offered to take Crosby. Now she li her name is Jennifer. She's lovely. She lives on a quarter acre that is fenced. She has two other uh, cats who are Crosby around Crosby's age. She also has two dogs and a teenage son who wants to be a veterinarian. So she's got a really much better setup. And um, so we uh, arranged a transfer of custody. <laughs> and so um, uh, Crosby is now rehomed. It's only been a day. Um, apparently, he's doing well already. He's going to be um, slowly uh, acclimated. He's um, being sequestered in the teenage boy's room right now. But soon, in another two days, he will be released into Gen Pop, and hopefully he will make good friends. So, um, And I'm getting regular updates from his, his new foster parents, and hopefully that'll be his forever home. I'm considering myself, Jason, sort of a way station uh, for Crosby because this wasn't the best environment for him. He needs room and yeah. space and friends and all the things that I can't give him. Jennifer's right. a wonderful human being. She literally took everything, by the way. So everybody who donated money for his uh, medical bills, thank you, thank you, thank you. Everybody who sent gifts 
Uh, they all, everything that I acquired for him went. There's nothing left behind. It's all been utilized, all of his toys, all of everything. Uh, the giant cat tower that took me two hours to put together, gone. So, um, but she said, you know, in the future, uh, if he chills and stops biting and is, becomes the sweet cat that I needed him to be, that she would be happy to return him to me. No, nah, I don't know about that. Because yeah, I, yeah. I once I you wanted to yeah. out of a happy home, you know. Yeah. Once you once you've made that, and you know, I think Tara just. I, I don't know if I've you know we kind of DM'd a little bit, um, but uh, on this, but uh, I think you made the right decision. Um, you know, I cried hard, so much. I, I know you did, and yeah, I know, I and I mean, I was just, you know, I didn't really know how, you know, in a situation like that, you know, when you're, you, when you have to part with an animal, but, you know, but, you know, I mean, it, it, I, you know, I wanted to say, and I'll say it now, because it's more appropriate timing, you know, you're doing the best thing for Crosby, obviously for you too, and yes. he's going to be happier, and but I know that really doesn't make a lot me. of, yeah. right. Right. It doesn't Ultimately, make a lot of sense. We have sense to remember that. You know, it's what's best for the animal, not what we want. It's what the animal needs. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, and I had been, my friends on Facebook for the last three months have been like living this cat saga with me. And some of them got a little judgy. They were like, you're just going to give up. You're just going to get rid of them. Is that what you do when you don't like something? It's just so you know what? I was in a relationship oh with a man you know who treated me like that. Hey, Come on, people do that. It's not. I it's, you know what? That's that's that. Oh my god! Uh, you know that's what. Oh, uh, I I don't like. That's why sometimes that, social media sucks. So yeah, I didn't yeah. ask for that's your. That's why I have like I'm like totally like I look I've I have pretty much made up my mind and I did this. Really a this was really a journey that I started two years ago, and then it kind of culminated with my with my relapse, my falling off the wagon, and you know going on a on a drinking bender for you know a, a few weeks there, and, and really getting you know just plastered out of my mind, and you know I've been sober for over a year now, and. Uh, I've got I I had got I had you know my my plan I'm look I'm sort of I I'm not a complete minimalist in the truth in 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 everything that a minimalist does I don't have like one set of clothes that I wear like every day um you know I I don't have that um I don't do that but there are aspects of minimalism that I've incorporated in my life I'm meticulous by nature so it really appeals to me but. Social media for me, and Tara knows this, most people don't believe this, but I have no social media applications on my phone. Um, I have none. I, I took them all off. I took Twitter off, Facebook, Instagram. Well, Tara, I don't know what's wrong now. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'll have, yeah, I don't know if I'm sounding fuzzy. Um, I don't. I don't know what it is. I've, I've never heard you sound like this. Usually, it's like crystal clear on your end, but you, you just sound a little fuzzy to me on this end, like a little staticky. Hmm. Like like you put wax paper over a comb and we're humming through it. You ever do that? Yeah. It's kind of that. Kind of a little bit. It may just be me that's hearing it. So maybe you can. Add, it's the general people who are listening 
they can let us know if we sound okay to you while you're listening out there. That'd be great if you can, if you're in the chat room, uh, how does it sound to you if you're li- out there listening? Maybe our friend Karen can tweet us and tell us how we sound because <laughs> she's always listening. Or Steve. Um, Steve, Steve, if you're listening, Steve, Steve if Uncle you're listening, Stevie in the booth. In. Yeah, Stevie in the booth, call in and let us know if, if how the audio is. I have no way let's, of hearing uh, much. Yeah, let's uh, let's switch gears here though and talk about the world at large because of course it's a uh, well, hold, it's crumbling uh, well, around us. Real quickly, just let me say, you know, I mean, I got back in, look, I got back kind of into where I was really, um, where I was really putting too much of my time back into social media, and um, it really kind of, for me, it's it's really pretty much a waste. I don't enjoy it, and uh, I do it exactly, you know, for the reason that many people do it, you know, this show that me and Tara do has turned into a business. And, you know, I use my Twitter primarily for business and some late night conversation. But other than that, basically what you, you know, I mean, this is not like some sort of, you know, anything that you've never seen for me. I just like the whole weekend, I was like, you know, I maybe shared like two or three things, and that's really where I'm comfortable at when I'm si- and I only when I'm sitting at my desk. So, end of story. Just wanted to get that out there. <clears throat> yeah, let's indeed move on, uh, Tara. Uh, listen, uh, I think the number one thing we let's let's because it's trending, and and I was reading about it um, in the Washington Post. Uh, General Motors uh, to cut jobs, halt production in the U.S. and Canada. We're talking about roughly 15,000 jobs and four plants, four production Make plants. Make America great again. So much yes. winning. How can we stand all this winning? I just don't know. I'm feeling great. This is only the beginning. I've been predicting this, you know, and all of you smartasses out there on social media who, you know, oh, well, you know, I haven't seen an economy. Look, first of all, I make it very clear when I talk about oil futures and commodity trading and shorting stocks and all these things. I make it very clear. Look, my degree, my graduate degree is in political science. I'm not an economist, okay? And I was being snarky when I tweeted that applied math is is a hobby i was being snarky i I, you know people didn't get that you know they said oh well math shouldn't be a hobby i said applied matthew that's um (laughs) yeah but this really is all i mean this is this is what i've been calling this shot i've been calling this for the past i don't know how long we've been on the show now like six months so nearly and I've been calling this, Tara. I've been watching the market. I've been watching, you know, key indicators, crude oil futures. You know, I'm watching a lot of things, you know, just totally tank. I mean, you see yep. the gas prices around here. I've been tweeting them. They've been falling like a rock. Not here. Not up yeah. here. They're not. They're going up up where I live. It's weird. Yeah, crazy I think here. It's really dependent on region. Yeah, well, Bye. especially, uh, yeah, well, yeah, definitely down here. I mean, look, yeah, we, we have this, like, well, I've already explained all that crap before. You know, we're on the, you know, we have the ship channel. We have, you know, we're, like, number four on Russia's, like, nuke list. 
I mean, because of all our refineries and oil. So, but this trickles down over into jobs too, and you're 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 going to see this in, you know, now we we're seeing GM cutting jobs, halting production, closing you know um, production facilities in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, this is going to be uh, this is this this is the true trickle down effect of trickle down economics. It trickles down and nobody has a job and we're in a recession. And I feel that this one could be the worst since and I'm not. And this is not hyperbole here, okay? I feel this one could be the worst, as do many, you know, economists. I'm not a, uh, you know, I didn't go to school for for economics, but I study a lot of you study a lot of economics in political science. Well, I'm gonna have to hang up and call back in, but um, oh my God, really? Are you really gonna do that? Yep, I'm really going to do that. Um, so, but anyways, real quick before I do that, because I need to try and get this issue fixed. Uh, Tara, I'll let you take it from here. Um, you know, this is a this is a culmination of Trump's tariffs. I, look, I don't let's not get on and you know this is not, you know, we can. There's plenty of blame to go around here. Um, you know, this is really a, a product of you know w- you know cutting you know this big fat tax cut you know that went to the one percent. And, you know, this is a culmination of things. Certainly Trump is numero uno up there. And, you know, the economy is not is, is, is incredibly, incredibly unstable right now. And the world reacts to our economy. When you look at the over, and I encourage everyone that questions me, go and watch the, I trade the overnight markets <clears throat> in Japan, <clears throat> Go watch the overnight markets, how they react. When we have a bad day, they have a bad day. And that's, you know, when the world economy is teetering like that, man, I'm telling you, it's scary, Tara. I know. I know it is. Everything is really scary right now. Um, And that's encouraging, isn't it? Um, Let's talk about the fact that people were legally seeking asylum over the weekend at our border, legally seeking asylum. And they decided instead to close that border crossing there in San Ysidro, California. Um, You're allowed to come to the United States and seek asylum. You're still allowed to do that. However, if you are a, oh, I don't know, illegitimately installed xenophobic Russian stooge puppet asshole traitor coward, you might think, that you should close the entire southern border so that no more brown people can get into the United States. I'm so disgusted with the way our country is treating immigrants who are coming to seek asylum here legally to escape the oppression from their country. And last night on 60 Minutes, there was a story about the families who have been separated. And you've spent plenty of time at the border, Jason, and you know uh, how awful it's all been and what's gone on. But um, Leslie Stahl, uh, not, uh, it wasn't Leslie Stahl who covered it because she did the, the nuclear thing. I forget who did the story about the kids at the border. But um, they are never going to re- reunite most of these families. Most of these children will never go back to their parents. And I'm, my mother is visiting for the Thanksgiving holiday, and she and I are watching this together. 
and were like hysterically crying. There was a time a few years ago, maybe about 10 years ago or so, uh, when my children were much younger and my younger son, we were all in Central Park and I lost my younger son, Ben, in about three minutes, I couldn't find him. Three, three minutes, I couldn't find my child. I was out of my mind because I was in Central Park in New York City. So he could have been anywhere. Now, he knew where he was. He was fine. He was playing. He was totally happy. But I couldn't find him. Now imagine never knowing where your child is. Never, never knowing if you're ever going to see your child again. And then not a, then they also showed, they, they followed this one story where this child was separated from, the, from his mother for 74 days. And when they reunited him, and you may have seen the video of it, actually, because it kind of went viral. Uh, when they were reunited, the mother and son, he did not recognize his mother. He would not go to her. He would not stay with her. Uh, and even now, they're still having behavioral problems with him a few months later. And so the profound psychological effect that the separation of children and th from their parents at the border, the psychological effect on those children is permanent. The psychological effect on the families is permanent. The shame surrounding this should be permanent as well. Our, our, it, our country is an abomination right now. We are trying to exclude people from coming here and seeking asylum. Not we. I hate when we say we, by the way. Jason's back. Let's test your mic, my friend. Yes, I am back. Any better? Oh, you sound so much better. Yay. Okay. Um, well, it's Skype. You know, Skype is buggy. I wish uh, – Yeah. <laughs> I have like so many. I'm not even going to go off on that tangent, but I mean, I have so right. many different. But we're talking about yeah. we're we're talking about the uh, the story on 60 Minutes last night. Um, right. You know, an update on the separating families at the board. So abhorrent, abhorrent, and the, how casual this administration said, "Oh well, you know, we're not going to be able to reunite these families. Let the ACLU do it." I. I'm so – and then they, show, they showed video of Donald Trump saying, I, I don't want to separate any families. Yes, you do, you piece of shit. You love this. It's all about the cruelty. You love being cruel. You enjoy it. You get off on it. He's disgusting. I'm looking forward to his family being separated. That's what I'm looking forward to, Donald Trump's children being taken away from him and being locked up, but, only, but because they committed crimes, not because they were trying to seek asylum in another country. Um, Every they're throwing so much at us right now, even more. It seems. Does it seem to you that that you know the closer we get to the end of this calendar year, and the closer we get to swearing in a new Democratic House, they seem to be piling on even like he's trying to shove in as much awful as possible before January. Are you getting that? Yeah, sense? I'm getting that. Sense. Yeah, I mean he's been. I mean he's been so terrible, you know. And again. You know, this you know, the the Republicans um that enabled him. Um, you know, this is a you know, this is a uh, uh, this is a sickness that runs much deeper than Donald Trump. Um <clears throat> you know, Donald Trump was their you know, their their guy to 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 make it okay to do all these things. These are things that Republicans listen. You know, we tried that. We've tried and tried and tried. God bless his soul. President Obama tried to have comprehensive immigration reform, 
and the Republicans weren't having it. He, you know, even even I was reading a big article last night, Tara. You know, and as much as he tried and he did indeed govern from the center, and a lot of times the Republicans got at him. You know, you know, got to him for that. You know, and yeah. but you know he he tried to put forth comprehensive immigration reform, and we do. You have to talk about it. We do need it. You can't have open borders. Um, you know, you just can't have. You can't have a free. Nobody wants that. And and you can't have a free flow of people just coming in and out of your country at will. Um, but but I will say this: the majority of the people over here, you know, are over. You know, the most of the the, the majority of these of the immigrants that come over um, and end up staying here are on visas. And you know, it, that's really the truth of the matter. And nobody wants to go down that road. But until we go down that road of comp- bipartisan, the I know I'm saying the word, bipartisan, comprehensive immigration reform, something that the Democrats and the Republicans can agree on, which probably will never happen. That will have to wait till 2024 when we retake the Senate and the White House because, uh, you know, whatever whatever the House puts forward, listen – there's not going to get shit's not going to get done. I mean, because the Senate's going to, you know, they're going to, they're going to stymie. Well, I can't do anything about it. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, you actually, I can, I'll do it after this, but uh, it's, it's Skype. Uh, Skype, apologize to all the listeners. No, we're having some audio. It's just, it's not, it's, you'd think, you'd think we have buggy. a better system than Skype, but we don't. So, yeah. well, I, I have an alternative that I can use. I'm going to hang up and call back in on that. But, um, but you know, let's. Um, I just want to kind of before because we have a, we're bringing in Elena Christopoulos in a few minutes to talk about the new crime, climate change report. But there's other things going on that I want to touch on real quick before we get there. Um, if you're what you know, looking at the top trends on Twitter. Uh, Roger Stone ally Jerome Corsi said today that he has received an offer from special counsel Robert Mueller for a plea deal on one count of perjury, but he plans to reject it. Corsi, a conspiracy theorist and conservative writer, he is the one who started the whole birther thing about Barack Obama. So thanks, Dick. Um, He said that the special counsel can, quote, put me in prison the rest of my life. I am not going to sign a lie. And this comes after uh, he said he was in plea deal negotiations with Mueller and had appeared before the special counsel's grand jury last month. So I, I'm confused as to um, why Corsi is even talking to Mueller if he's not going to accept his deal. Why he doesn't? Uh, why he's even talking? Why are you talking to, to Bob Mueller? What are you telling him? What do you want out of this? What are you? What were you expecting? If you go talk to Bob Mueller and you tell him stuff, do you think you're getting away scot-free? Probably not. So Corsi knows stuff about Roger Stone and his communications with Julian Assange and WikiLeaks. And Bob Mueller has offered him a deal, and this guy's not going to take it. And rather than sign a deal with Bob Mueller, he wants to go to prison. Now, what does that tell you? If you're willing to go to prison instead of telling Bob Mueller something or making a deal with Bob Mueller, what does that mean? And then let's also look at George Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos tried to get out of his two-week prison term, and the judge was like, no, you are going to have to serve your full two weeks. And everyone's just like, 
oh, no one's really paying attention to this. This should be the thing that people are paying attention to the most. The people who are the closest to Donald Trump are finally getting sentenced and they're in clear legal trouble. And Donald Trump continues to obfuscate and divert and distract with the bullshit at the border or, you know, all of the other things that he's tweeting so that we won't pay attention to what's happening here. Now, let's also remember Donald Trump has submitted his questions uh, in crayon to Bob Mueller, and Bob Mueller is probably taking his time comparing the answers between Donald Trump's answers and Paul Manafort's and Michael Cohen's answers. So Jason, who is hopefully back with decent audio at this point, um, where do we go from here with the Mueller investigation if uh, uh, I believe he is sitting right now comparing those answers, and he's probably also very, very close to making an announcement regarding Don Jr. and Eric's involvement in the pyramid scheme with the Trump Foundation in New York State because he's working with the New York State Attorney General on that. If you had to guess, you think we're going to hear from Mueller this week, or you think he's still going to keep us waiting? Uh, me personally, I think um, we still have a long way ahead of us. Um, I I don't. Again, I'm not on. I don't. Okay, yeah, I've um, yeah, I I've used a different. Um, I used um, I used a direct. For those of you listening, my audio should be fixed now. I I said the hell with Skype, and uh, use Google, and um, so. That's what I did. But uh, no, back to your question and your, your comments, Tara. Listen, I, I'm just I don't want to rain on anybody's impeachment parade or anybody's Trump's the family's going to prison parade, but I don't see any of that happening. Um you're you're not Robert you know, look, Robert Mueller knows that he's not gonna get an impeachment and if he you know, I, I, there's never been a sitting president indicted. I don't want to get in that whole argument again. But let's just, you know, he, Robert Mueller knows that, that SCOTUS is sitting on Trump's side, too, by the way. So they would rule on, you know, can you sit in indicting? Can you indict a sitting president? And, um, you know, so there, that, that, that could go on forever. And I just don't see a whole lot. What I, you know, I just I don't see anything. I mean, I do. I think that some other people are going to be charged and or indicted. Tara, if, yes, I do. I hope so. I really, really hope so. I think what we should do right now, Jason, is take a quick break here, and uh, we'll bring in Elena Christopoulos, uh, Elena Christopoulos, political consultant and climate change scientist. Um, we have a new climate change report that is even scarier than the previous ones, and we're going to talk to her about that. Um, so let's take a quick break and come on back on Taylor Tower Radio. Sunday morning, man, she woke up fighting mad Bitching and moaning on and on about the time I had And by Tuesday you could say that girl was good as gone And then when Thursday came around I was all Seven and uh, one of those number nines. Then I want a hundred bucks on a scratch off ticket, bought two twelve packs and a tank of gas with it. Keep going. 
episodes you can do so on a number really i say a number really virtually any of your podcast listening platforms whether it's apple podcasts spotify spreaker TuneIn, alexa iheart we're all across the board everywhere now literally we are everywhere there's not a platform we're not on so um, you can find us everywhere. And what I've been sh- and I showed a lot of people over the weekend, like family and stuff that, that you know had come over to my home for Thanksgiving, and friends and such. They said, "Well, uh, you know, we really want to listen to your podcast. You know, w- you know, how do we find it? You know, how do we tell our friends to find it?" And I said, "Listen, this is the easiest way. The best way is just go to Google, put in Taylor Terra Radio, and you're going to see an assortment." Of an assortment of uh, area uh, places you can go to listen to the show. If you have something in particular that you like, you're an iTunes person or you're a Spotify Android person, uh, or you but you can have iTunes and, and Android. Anyways, just go up to your search bar in iTunes or Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or whatever app you're using, um, and type in Taylor Terra Radio, and it'll pull the show up. It's uh, really that simple. So um, we are here. We are back. We had Friday off. I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I did. Tara, I know you did as well. You sent me some lovely pictures of you and your mother. Your mother is just gorgeous. Well, I'll make sure I tell her that you said that. She's upstairs putting her face on right now. So, yeah, she got your... Yes, you sent me a couple pictures of those two looking guys, two good looking guys you had there. And, yeah, uh, you know, I did all right when I made those babies. You know, I don't do everything great, yeah. but I, I will tell you this, that I, my, my boys are my greatest, my greatest uh, achievement and my greatest source of pride in life. And we had a wonderful time together and my older son who is away at college um finally declared a major and he's gonna go uh, study abroad in New Zealand next year and it's all kinds of exciting things um and we had a lot of laughs together and I think that's something that people have forgotten 
that is allowed, that you are allowed to sit with your family and friends and people that you love face-to-face around a table and laugh with them. Uh, I know it's hard to find laughs these days. In this next segment, we're probably not going to have a lot of laughs. But uh, those of you, and I know uh, our wonderful guest, Elena, she and I both spend a lot of time off the grid this weekend. And I think, you know, we talk about that all the time, that unplugging is vitally important. But we are back to it. Uh, Elena Christopoulos, our wonderful friend, she's, I think, our most, uh, 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 the guest who's joined us the most, our most frequent guest. And we love her. She's a climate change scientist and a political consultant. Welcome back, our wonderful friend, Elena Christopoulos. Hi, good morning to you both. Hello. Did you get some sleep, my friend? <laughs> yes. I, <laughs> I did I did rest. Yes, I did rest. Good. I enjoyed it. We have to be back in yes. the fight. Um, I'm yes. delighted that you had a wonderful, uh, you know, grid-free Thanksgiving experience. Unfortunately, we're back in the trenches now. You have read the new climate change assessment report, and uh, it's even more horrifying than we anticipated. So uh, let, let's just jump right in and t- tell the kids out there who have not been privileged to read it what it says and Let, why we're screwed. Hold on a second. Let me set this up real quickly. <laughs> hold on a no, second. No, we don't want to jump in with that. We want to ease into that. No, I want – no, no. I want – no, I, I want to set this up because we were – me and Elena were DMing back and forth one day, and I had DMed her a couple times. And um, she said – she just simply said – and it, we chat a lot, you know, I mean, we chat often, and she just said – so I've gotten to know her, and, and she simply said, I'm reading the report. And I, you know, I knew that that report, but I, I wasn't following her. And I said, what, what report? And she said, the National Climate Assessment. And, you know, I could just tell by her wording in her DMs how, how serious this was. And Elena, um, I read a number of articles on this. I'm not going to, like, be the guy or the whoever the person was on, uh, on Meet the Press with Chuck Todd and say, look, I'm not a scientist, but I can give you. Oh, my God. Uh, why would he even do that? Why do you have morons on that who believe the earth is flat and there's no climate change? Why, why would you even? Why would Listen, you even? I'm not a climate scientist, time? but I slept in a you know, I slept but in a it was cold the other day. Night. Come on. Really, irresponsible <laughs> yeah, of Chuck Todd to do that. But anyway. Well, I think I also think Chuck Todd got his just desserts and critique, and rightfully so, as did CNN, right? Right. So, and others. And um, I have to say, I love following Dan Rather on Twitter, and I just wish he was back on the news. So he, oh yeah. my, so he much. Said, he yeah. subtly, you know, said something about Ch- Chuck Todd that he should stick to being a journalist and let uh, specialists talk about, you know, issues like having a science. Scientists talk about climate change as opposed to, you know, I'm not a climate scientist, but, you know, that's, that's for the end <laughs> but of the it conversation. Was cool, so there's talk. no such thing as climate change. Just uh, right. people. Right, right. From, you know, well, you're the and, expert. <laughs> well, there's, there's thousands of us. And, you know, what, what's troubling over the weekend and what troubled me a lot on Sunday were, were these pundits uh, speaking about climate change who aren't climate scientists, right? And it just, you know, it gave me feeling of 2016 all of, over again about who's, you know, the airtime these folks have, right? And the purpose of 
being a scientist is to gather information, distill it, and to be able to present and educate, right? It's not to um, – the facts are going to stay the same. Facts are facts, right? So climate change is real, and that's what the fourth National Climate Assessment Report did, in fact, do. It was actually qu- quite thorough compared to the last four, I have to say. And uh, it did – the end, end of it is, yes, climate change is real, and it affects our economy. And it's an immediate, it's an immediate threat, and it can kill – thousands of Americans and cost the country billions of dollars by the end of the century. So do you think that yeah. hearing that will scare Republicans because all they care about is money? Is that the loss of money, is that enough to get them to begin to act, do you think? Well, I actually, no. I actually think it's on. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, fair enough. You know, I, it's, it's a couple of things. I actually think it's on people on both sides of the aisle, right? Like denial um, happens quite a lot, but this report, um, which was you know led up by 13 federal agencies, and those are led up by said president's uh, appointees, right? And over a thousand or so uh, scientists, right? So, in essence, by tying the uh, climate, saying two messages: climate change is real, and if we aren't going to do anything, it's going to affect the economy and continue to affect the economy, we will lose jobs, and overall uh, the, economy, the economy will shrink by at least 10%. So if you care about the economy, you're going to care about climate change. So back to your point of will this cause Republicans and to care about climate change? Well, not if we have on our media, on both sides, you know, if we have on Meet the Press a non-scientist talking about climate change, right? So, um, but I am optimistic. Right. I mean, the, the way the report was distilled over some uh, some journalists, like in the New York Times op-ed, New York Times Climate, in the Atlantic, there's some great representation of the report. Um, you know, I think, of course, it was a change of when it was sent out. So it was sent out on Black Friday on purpose, right, hoping that it would get buried. But I actually think the right. opposite happened. So I really think the – and I, I think, you know, because – the industries that are going to get hit most hard, right, most hard by climate change are uh, fisheries, tourism, and agriculture, right? So I, I really, when it hits your bottom line, when it hits your pocketbook, and the way the report was written and is accessible online, I believe it's uh, the more and more people read about it, it's not, and it's coming from this administration, I think people will have to take a look. And I, I, I am optimistic they'll start to believe that climate change is real. You know, and Elena, it's not you make just, a great Yeah. Sorry, no, Elena, ahead. you make a great point and and it's it's you know, one of the reasons I, I mean I, I we, we love having you on the show. And, you know, I always feel it's like part of of my job um as a as a co host on the show to, 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 to hammer this home. We're, and you and you you clearly say it, uh, and you've said it a number of times. Listen, we're not just talking about the Republicans here that's been denying this or been shuffling it off to the side. The Democrats have been doing the same thing. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. And it's the same, you know. With I'm not even going to name names of said politicians who've said climate scientists are getting rich off of this, right? I mean, no, it's the same talking heads that were paid off by big tobacco are now paid off by the fossil fuel industry. We're fighting the same called so-called scientists again, 
rights. And until people on both sides of the aisle actually stop taking money from fossil fuel industry and such, we, and are, are owned by the fossil fuel industry, we're not going to make any headway at all. So, Elena, when yeah. we get, you know, we hear these reports and we know that there are people in the government who are like, nah, not going to listen, not going to pay attention, don't care. What I would love to know, and this is something we have not actually touched on uh, when you joined us previously, everyday Americans like us, um, aside from consistently holding our elected officials to the standards of we expect you to take care of this. What can everyday Americans do uh, in our homes and our lives to begin being the change that we need to see from our elected officials regarding climate change? I mean, we're recycling. You're watching. I, I watch how much water I use. I try not to drive if I don't absolutely have to. So tell us, give us some things that everyday Americans can do uh, in their own way to contribute to helping save their planet. Sure. Well, and I heard an analogy recently, and here's just an example. A lot of people, you know, when people say two degrees, two degrees Celsius increase of warming, it sounds very abstract. What does that mean, right? So here's something that I will pass on. I've, it's a metaphor. So, for example, uh, if your child has a fever and it's about two degrees warmer and it's been that way for years, there's a problem. Right. So and you'd be quite uh-huh. worried about it. Right. So that's kind of how mm-hmm. you would look at climate change. So the same way. Right. So if it's been that warm for that long, we have a huge problem. Right. So um, that's caused, you know, the intensive droughts and the fires in California. The day to day, I think, is educating. I, you know, I know a lot of people don't recycle a lot of people don't compost and they don't know how to so i think that i've seen i'm very optimistic in a lot of local city agencies who are are showing folks how to how to compost uh you know to eat less less meat etc but also you know it's it's to call your local representatives right to call um regardless if you're in a red state blue state wherever you are and also ask your local representatives where are you on climate change Right? What are you doing for climate change? Are you signing up for a Green New Deal? Why or why not? Because, you know, in essence, climate change overall has a profound effect on the health and the wealth of all American people. Elena, let me ask you a very controversial question here. Or I don't know so much as a question. Is it something that I've read? <clears throat> I'm sure you're well aware of it. I've heard uh, or I've read um, in numerous uh, news outlets that in uh, news or in uh, articles <clears throat> over the past and, and and even more recently that I, I've heard I've 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 heard it said and written that it won't be um, <clears throat> it won't be the U.S. or any major metropolitan area that that inevitably. Um, strikes the death blow to the climate, it will be the third world population growth. What is your take on that? I've I've read that a lot. Interesting. In terms of population growth, that it'll be... So your question... Yes. 
yeah, that's that's the that that the population growth um, for third world countries, um, the population growth overall um, in the world is just we've outgrown the world. I mean, I've read that a lot, and I mean, I've read people's takes on that 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 say that it's it's very to me it's very you know that's kind of a slippery slope to go down when you start talking about population control. You know, but um, I, I just I wanted to ask you and see if you you know if if you know you had a take on it or if you had heard you know if you'd heard anybody had mentioned that or, or or you know anything of that nature. Well, there is always discussion about population growth, right? And uh, there's there's always been discussion of that and how are people going to be? I mean, we can't feed enough we can't feed uh people we have now right that exist in the planet so you know i'm there are ways to genetically modify foods such as grains and rice which are in third world uh populations which that's controversial what the gates families do etc right and as a geneticist in my family you know we have this conversation about what are people eating what are not people eating um i i I don't, I don't know. You know, personally, myself, I'm choosing not to have children, and that's a choice for many different reasons. Um, but uh, one is overpopulation, so that's a personal choice for me. That makes sense too. I mean, it's just basic supply and demand, and if there's too much demand without the supply, people are going to go hungry, people are going to starve, people are going to die. Um, when you have a controlled population, you can at least sort of figure out how to take care of them. But then you're asking your government to play God, and we don't want to ask, especially this particular government, uh, we don't want that. Um, I believe, uh, you know, I support your choice to not have children. I don't think it's a woman's duty to continue to propagate the species that you don't want it just because you have a uterus. It doesn't mean you have to use it to make babies. Um, and that is something that people, they don't really give women a whole lot of slack about that. Just because you can doesn't mean you have to. Um, <clears throat> in our everyday lives, uh, I think it's really, really important to acknowledge what's happening to our planet and have those conversations with people daily or regularly or at least when it seems organic to have that conversation when they're having a giant storm in the Midwest this early in, uh, it's not even officially winter. And there's a huge storm, a huge snowstorm in the Midwest on the busiest travel day of the year. And it's crippling our, it, it's only going to get exponentially worse if we don't implement mm -hmm. things to counteract what we've done already. So, mm -hmm. you know, is it enough for us to eat less meat? Is it enough for us to recycle and compost? Is it, or is it that everybody who drives a car that's not a hybrid needs to immediately go and get a hybrid? I've been thinking about that. You know, what, what can I do, me personally, just me, to reduce my right. carbon footprint, right. you know? Um, and I think that's people. People just think that this, it doesn't affect them specifically because they may not specifically be alive in 50 years when you can't breathe the air or drink the water. Um, and it's frustrating. Well, I had a great... I had a great reply, and I don't – listen, everybody knows I don't check my mentions, but I do open a tweet 
every now and then to see if it's got a bunch of replies. I'm like, well, I'll read, I'll read them. And I had a number from uh, – it was a tweet that I uh, had wrote on, on climate, and and I had a bunch of replies on it. And one of them in particular was from a conservative woman who said – and this is basically verbatim is, is what she, she wrote in her reply. She said, well – she said, well, they said 20, 20 years ago by now that Miami would be a part of the sea and palm trees would be growing in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, I yeah. Wayne, I hear the deep. Yeah, I hear the sigh because you hear it, right? probably yeah. heard that. Yeah, you probably yeah, heard that a million we, times. Well, yeah. I, I hear it a lot, but it's you know it's affecting our daily what we eat, right? It's affecting the price of produce, the price of good produce, right? The price of organic fruits and. Uh, Vegetables and you know farmers are having a heck of a time. They're losing crops due to climate change. And some, you know, one thing which the report does not touch on, but I hope this becomes part of a green new deal, is you know regenerative agriculture and how if we have healthy soil, what that means. You know, a lot of it's part of education. A lot of people don't know, aren't in touch with the air we breathe, the soil we have the water we drink they're not connected right we've been disconnected so um it's to, it's a it's a bit of an understanding on a on a daily level sure i mean I, I mean living in la where you know public transit is not the best you know at all uh but it's getting better you know and one thing that the report did touch on was it was kind of the intersect of public health issues as well which will cause issues so Overall, and, you know, and the military. Now, the military have been strategically thinking about climate change for years. They're probably, they believe in climate change uh, probably more than some other federal agencies. You know, they're strategically now thinking where to put bases due to climate change because they know it's going to be tilted or something. They, they know this, right? And they've been, they've used wind energy, solar energy for many years, the military has. So, you know, I guess overall, with regards to people who think, you know, yes, hey, there's no palm trees in Nebraska or that kind of nonsense. You know, I also think it's the way it's messaged, right? And in, as long as we don't, as long as we have scientists talking about science, we're okay. It's when we have pundits who are from the American enterprise groups and, and the like who are lobbyists who do not have a background in science or are not scientists talking about uh, climate change. So it's kind of some actions to take is ask your elected officials where are they on a green new deal stop it tell ask them to stop attacking scientists this this administration also needs to have scientists you know um we you know the, but they the won't listen will, to the scientists right that's but, the problem you know, you know we will likely meet um and surpass the uh climate uh, the paris climate accord we will likely meet those because of the regulations that we have in place right emissions etc we will likely meet and exceed that so it's it's also more of i think that there's some great podcasts like yourselves but it also has to be there has to be a science segment like on a weekly basis about what science is right because it's not i don't have an agenda i don't have an agenda to try to my only agenda is to educate the public right that is what my my agenda is to give yeah. people facts 
And, you know, that's the great thing about science is you don't have to like it or not. Facts are facts and the tr- it's the truth, right? When we're all right, gone, the, right. truth, the facts will continue, you know? So. Yeah. Now, I've, I mean, I've read, I've talked with other people, um, you know, other um, just political consultants that, that, that will, will, will discuss this. Um, and they say, and I don't disagree, or I say they say, some say, um, and I don't necessarily disagree with it. Actually, I, you know, as you know, somebody who is about messaging and about optics and those things, they say, and I tend to agree that it, that the that the climate change slash global warming slash whatever else you want to put there, it needs a rebranding. It it yes. it it needs a rebranding in 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 a way in such a way, Elena, um, and you know this as as you know working on campaigns as, as well as I do. It 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 needs a rebranding. You need something. You, it needs a good catchy name. It needs something that's going to you know because you could show all these pictures of the future. You know of a you know and and. You know what can happen, and the you know chunks of the glacier falling off, and you know you know you know the beaches washing up with dead fish, and whatever you know. I mean, you could you know whatever kind of crazy pictures you want to show or legitimate pictures, but it needs a rebranding. Would you agree or disagree with that? Yeah, I, I think, and it's it's because it go, I go back to big tobacco, right? So you've got the same lobbyists who did make a lot of money and have still continued to make a lot of money who are pro from big tobacco who've moved to fossil fuel industries. It's the same characters. It's the same cast of characters. Right. So um, I think a lot of people hear climate change and gloss over, you know, and it's just, it's doom and gloom for a lot of things. Right. So I do, even though it is, you know, and I think I'm probably quite curious how many people know that there's been four other national climate assessment reports and the reason why it was written is it's a mandate and it has to be written every four years so you know there's these things which you know i think not well knowledge is is key to everything right um i do have to say in this report um that one of the things unlike the other four is that it did tie in again everyday life about um it connected uh, there was a direct correlation with the warming in the atmosphere to our everyday lives, what's happening in our communities and our livelihoods. So, you know, what's happening in our poorer communities uh, with regards to food deserts, with regards to uh, the soil, with regards to where they're getting one's food, all of that. And, you know, public health issues such as Zika and other things are going to continue with the warming of the planet. So they, the, the, the report actually, you know, did say all of that. I think the constant summaries of it and maybe the op-eds and the coverage, I think that lies on the media too to do a better job. Yeah, I Wouldn't that be I, nice? I would say that, you know, um, taking, um, you know, something like the, uh, something that hits home, um, uh, like the, uh, you know, the disruptions in, in a lot of our, you know, fisheries. Um, let's take, you know, Maine, you know, with the temperatures rising, it's caused the uh, uh, the lobster catches in Maine to to peak a month earlier, and mm-hmm. it you know kind of screwed up the whole distribution chain. So that's something right there. I think those things that um, you know you can you, you got to figure out a way. 
and this has been my argument, and this is where the the or or this has been my debate on it. You need to figure out a way to sell it, and mm-hmm. and I you need to figure out a way to sell it, and you kind of need to to find a find a line there. Say you know in between well the doom and gloom, and you know how much better off we'll be. You know, I don't think that's talked about nearly enough. How much better off we'll be mm. with less when uh, we, less carbon mm. emissions? You know, how mm. much better off we'll be with less of this, less of this. You know, you know, getting rid of coal altogether. Um, you know, and you know, fossil fuels. And how much better we'll be? And how much easier we'll breathe? And how much prettier it'll be outside? And how much you'll want to go for a walk again? You know, I mean, things of that nature. It's got to be. You got to figure out a way to sell it. Yes. No. And I, I think with what you've said, it's also interviewing more farmers, interviewing more people in fisheries, yes. agriculture, and tourism who are who are not who are directly impacted their businesses daily by climate change and then just telling their stories right and you know or what they've done or you know there's some great farmers that have used regenerative agriculture and they're getting more wonderful soil than and you know they raise cattle in Alabama you know that are doing better things than anyone else and these are the unsung heroes who are doing things to make a difference in the world Absolutely. Yeah. Our uh, coordinating producer, Uncle Stevie, in the booth just sent us a, a link. <clears throat> Pardon me. Rising seas are flooding Virginia's naval base, and there's no plan to fix it. The giant naval base at Norfolk is under threat by rising seas and sinking land, but little is being done to hold back the tides. That's a scary prospect, having naval bases swallowed by the sea. Yes. Should that not be a priority to fix that? How do you fix it? What do you do? Uh, do? Do they build a better retaining wall? How do they do that? How do you keep the sea from swallowing a naval base? Uh, it's depending where it is. You'll have to move the entire database, or sorry, you, you have to move the entire uh, military base, right? Especially if so. No, so what you're Sandy saying, Norfolk Naval Base needs to uh, bug out and move to higher ground. Well, I actually I don't know what the land is underneath right so i'd have to i'd have to look okay, at what the I'll soil is the what the land is so that yeah, you have sure. the opportunity yeah i'll, yeah, I'll copy the link and send it to you so you can read it at your leisure sure yeah. elena wouldn't okay. you would you or would you not agree in some in some instances um in and in some areas that there i mean you can't let's just take that for instance you know, with the you know the base like you're saying look they're just going to have to move that we, those things are just too some things are just kind of too far gone now to even try to even like quote unquote fix. Mm-hmm. There's, there are I mean, some things that are too far, too far gone. Yes, there is that. Right. Yes. What have yes. we lost? And what's too far gone? What will we not get back? Hmm. Well, it's, you know, there's quite a lot sadly. Right. And it's also what is in process. Right. I mean, yeah, you know, I'll just for example in California, you know, people for the last since November 9th have been using many the majority of Californians um probably not south of me but have been using masks and sometimes they have and sometimes they haven't. And uh I mean the air quality has been horrific and that's not going to stop anytime soon and you know, Paradise Fire was just contained. You know, I mean, it's 
it's horrific. I mean, you know, forget people's homes are gone. Air quality will continue. I mean, you know, I was just over the weekend and seeing, you know, the, the, I was out of the, out of town for a while and seeing the, it was not just smog, it was the fires, you know? So uh, I think it's, it's a lot of it. I, I think some things, uh, air quality in other areas have to be fixed, but Overall, I have to remain optimistic in this, you know, I have to, I, and I, I believe most scientists are in this. There's 97% of us who agree and are on the same page. So I do believe we hope for the best. And we also put out information there that can be disseminated and to help each other, you know, what actions people can take. Well, one of the things that, uh, that I saw yesterday was, um, you know, that that the, the the GOP continues to pursue the venues that are the most profitable for them, and they don't seem to care what impact it has on the environment. And it seems that it is more profitable to keep killing us than to try to save us. And to me, that's one of the more frightening things. If they're getting more money from industries that are killing our our environment, you know, polluting our air, polluting our water, you know, the coal industry and the fossil fuel industry, and uh, they're going to continue to take money from them. It's clear they would rather line their pockets, even if they are, you know, you can't spend your money when you're dead or there's no planet. And yet they continue to put money above humanity. There's the disconnect for you. And if they're not seeing that immediate effect on them, they're not going to do anything because they'd rather see the impact on their bank account. And it doesn't seem to matter how many times we say your grandchildren aren't going to be able to breathe the air or drink the water. They don't seem to care about that. They seem to only care about the profit margin. How do we make greedy people care about the fact that they're not going to have a planet to spend their money on? Well, part of, you know, cost. And that's one thing the report does talk about in cost. It's, you know, that, there's this whole thing that's it's too expensive. We don't have the money. And in actuality, you know, and what the president has said, he's absolutely incorrect. I mean, sure, there might be some costs up front, right? But what the report does do, it presents a much broader and systematic quantification of how climate change impacts will affect us in terms of the economy. So with regards to regional economies, specifically hit agriculture, fisheries, tourism, they'd probably be the most vulnerable and they would probably cost, if we don't do anything, if we just continue with the status quo, will cost hundreds of billions of dollars annually, those three industries alone. And, you know, if that's, if that, it will change our economy overall. So, you know, he's said president is completely incorrect, you know, and we are. You don't say. You know, <laughs> in this, but it's, it's also important that, you know, we continue to listen to scientists, have scientists talk about climate change. And I, I, I agree. I'm not sh And it's a good question. I don't know how to rebrand the word climate change because that's what it is, you know, but I it, just right, don't yeah. think it's, it's not having the weight of what it should. Right. And right. I, I think, you know, I think you almost need a, um, I, I don't know that you have to, necessarily you know change the wording but you need a you know you need some sort of 
um, you know, people like myself and, and you on the on the flip side of you being a climate scientist, um, you're a political consultant. You know these things as well as I do. There needs to be some sort of ad campaign put together. Um, mm-hmm. um, you know, With when, famous when people. I mean, who who do people listen to anymore? That's well, the other thing you, you have know, to figure same, out. I mean, could I mean let's let's go back to at the height or at, at well when 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 AIDS came up on the scene, mm-hmm. AIDS and HIV came up on the scene. Um, and we know initially Reagan and them kind of turned a blind eye to it, um, mm-hmm. and um, but then it elevated, and then it you know there was a you know not only a national but there was a worldwide campaign you know, on this, um, and where, and what has it gotten us today? It's gotten us to people, you know, there, there no, people no longer die. You know, people no longer, that's not, you know, getting AIDS or HIV is no longer a death sentence. Um, we have the medications now to treat it and you can live, you know, the rest of your life, um, um, you know, fairly normally. Um, you know, uh, so I mean I think something in, in along those lines and it's got to be something. Look, we're talking about the world here. We're talking about as you, you know fisheries, agriculture, electricity, uh, uh, all these things, the warming of the oceans. Um, <clears throat> there's got to be a a massive, again like Tara said, with you know maybe yes with maybe some celebrities in there. To get like the Avengers, um, you know, it's gotta be, you know the people, the people who <laughs> if, if people go to the movies, yeah, I mean, make them good for something because they're the world, not right, right. I mean, that's all if they're that really happens, good for, anyways. Look, right, you so, know how much weight I put in celebrities, but that's really all I, they're I good for. Do, but but let's, but look at what happens when people get people are easily swayed. <clears throat> Pardon me. No, I agree. by the cult of celebrity. No, 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 I agree. Look how they're they jumping. Be... Yeah, yeah, but no, look I at, think look they at have the bandwagon jumping like for a guy like Beto, right? A guy like Beto O'Rourke. Right. So if Beto decided right. he was going to take on climate change, he's not going to run for president in 2020. We already know this. But if for the next couple of years he decided he was going to use his new visibility to just promote climate action and he could make it hip and cool. That'd be a great person to have at the forefront of, of that. The, of all of the yeah. actors who are in the Avengers movies, I know that they are invested in climate action. Mark Ruffalo tweets about it all the time. Um, plenty of celebrities do. It's, uh, I think they need to just come up with sort, some sort of See, cohesive campaign. There you go, right there. There campaign, you go. They tweet right? about it. See, that's the thing. You just said it. They tweet about it all the time. But they also they <laughs> go know? and do stuff. I mean, you'll see Mark well, Ruffalo but- out doing and marching and appearing. So if the Avengers started well, filming little vignettes as the Avengers and they're going off to clean up a beach, the Avengers are going to go clean up a beach. Kids are going to see that. Black Panther, get, get the guy who played Black beach. Panther to go we've clean up that, a beach. Kids are going to see that they're going to want to do that. We've seen, I've seen thousands of pictures of people cleaning up the beach. Nobody wants to see that anymore. It's got to be something if different. If it's a famous person, they know, Elena, back me up here. Famous uh, people going out and doing up. things, making them hip and cool. You have to lead by example. Talk is, talk is only, talk how only gets you so we far. Forget, how quickly do we forget when we see the heart-wrenching pictures 
of our wildlife covered in oil from these horrendous oil mm. spills, you know, mm. how quickly we forget that, you know, and those are well, some of the most heart-wrenching. Okay. But when you're asking, and would, Jason, how do you make it hip and cool? How do you no, rebrand it so people care? Not, yeah, you're not hearing me out. I agree. There needs to be a comprehensive uh, campaign put forward on climate change and or global warming and have celebrities involved in selling that. I absolutely agree with that. Make them good well, for something. Who makes that happen? How do we implement that? How do we, I mean, Elena, you, you're a very connected it, it, human being. How do we, how do we get this going? Take somebody with a, with a lot of money and a lot of drive and a focus on that and, and assembling the right team together to sell it. You know no, who would do that? Chris Gates. Evans would do that. Captain America. You get Captain America, Uncle Stevie in the booth Bill loves Gates Captain America. Or, I don't want to see these people. No, I don't want to see Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and these billionaires <laughs> out here. We need some, you know, I, I think, right, Elena? I mean, that's where the disconnect happens a lot of times with climate change. Well, a couple of things, right, is that, you know, when I, when I see – uh, people who are celebrities who are doing get out the vote videos. Some are effective, some are not. Um, I, I really, I think, I think some of the videos I saw the most effective get out the vote were uh, people who were first time, could have been first time voters and they didn't vote and why they didn't vote and how they voted in 2018 and why, you know, so I think that was a very effective piece. I think a lot of people, I don't know if there's celebrity burnout, but, you know, I also think the narrative has been something promising, right? Because if we keep just hearing climate change, doom and gloom, and there's nothing to do about it, which I think, Tara, you're saying, like, what can everyday Americans do, right? And, yes. you know, there's, there's, there's discussion, but, and this is, not, this is something that a lot of people don't talk about is regenerative agriculture, Right, which but supports you, ranchers, yeah. farmers, and business folks. Right, and it's keeping restoring our soils and native grasslands, and it's through sequestering carbon through healthy soil practices. Like that's a good story, and that is has been done for years. And a lot of people, when I say, "Have you heard about regenerative agriculture?" Most people don't. But most people don't. Know what the hell that is? <laughs> they don't even so, know. What the I mean, hell it sounds self-explanatory, no. but. Yeah, it sounds good, and it sounds really complicated, but, you know, what the hell is that? Most people, you know, I know what it is, but um, – sure I do. No, I do. Um, but, but it's, no, really, but in all seriousness, are... Elena, in all seriousness, what you said um, a few minutes ago about, you know, selling this and really making an ad campaign – and you mentioned it again with these first-time voters, it's really going to these farmers, going to these fisheries, right. going to right. these people, interviewing the real people that are being, you know, that are, are feeling the effects of these things. A real people, not anybody paid, not any of these celebrities, but going, I mean, you can include a few in there, you know, in the whole general campaign, but you need some real folk, you know. We need some real right. folk. Some real folk in 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 this cam- in this campaign, and some real, um, you know, like we have done with the healthcare. You know, I mean, yeah. how many of these? Listen, how many house races did you see that um, with ads, with YouTube ads, with ads that were running on you know the big three 
that you know they had you know they had conversations with you know just Joe and Sally America talking about health care, how it's affecting them, how they'll you know how pre-existing conditions you know losing that would you know they would they couldn't afford the medications for their son or daughter or grandma or whoever those things hit home your idea i love the idea of going and it needs to be done more and again a lot yes. of responsibility falls on the media and they stop all this bullshit nonsense that they do and go out here and you know they say, oh well, climate change is not real pretty. Nobody's gonna watch that. They're gonna click off us and go over and click on something else, you know. But you know, it takes a good, you know, a getting a good team together, a good producer, and really making something, you know, good. And going out here and interviewing these people, these farmers, these real people. Damn. Yeah, and that's <laughs> yeah, and there. Well, it's also. You know, I mean, sure, you could have celebrities be the. Do the narration or the credits sure. or whatever, but it's but people relate to, which is I think what what both of you agree and have been saying is people relate to stories that they can understand. So if you have you know Sue who's been working in uh, fisheries for thirty years and the changes she's seen over her lifetime, or you have Tom the farmer who is, you know, in middle America and what he's been doing to actually get carbon sequestration and what, how he's been helping his soil and why, why that's been, he's been able to produce more cattle. He's been able to uh, eat healthy and he's what that cycle's done for him. So you can't, you highlight people who've been hardest hit right? Tourism with regards, because of the tourism is going to be hit and has been hit through the storms, through the fires in California, through the storms up the East Coast. So you have, you know, owners of a B&B or something like that. Like you have people who have been hit who are not uh, celebrities, but are just everyday people and things they've done to change, right? So yeah, maybe they've gone off the grid or maybe they've used that, but maybe they haven't. Maybe they've done subtle changes, but hearing their voice and their stories, those that's what we really need to kind of pass the mic to those folks, from my opinion. That's a great that's idea. I, would watch. I think that's a fantastic idea, and it's just a question of how do you implement that and how do you get that started because I think telling those stories and making them as human as possible and relatable, that is something that people – will pay attention to. If that can happen to that person, that can also happen to me. And that makes it more relatable because you can put a celebrity somewhere, but then a, a, a regular person be like, well, you know, a celebrity, I can't relate to a celebrity. Oh, but a farmer is getting impacted. Oh, but a small business owner is being impacted. Oh, a family. Those are the, those are those stories that if you can show those and, and people really understand what's happening, to that's how you change sort of the collective misconceptions of what climate change is and then why it's important to take action. The question is, how do you get it started? How do you well, make you know it happen what? so that people can have that? You, you know what? You get some of these, you know, you get some of these celebrities, these, these, uh, uh, some of the, you know, the ones that you know that that are real passionate about this, that are true, not just doing it, you know, to you know, kind of, you know, pacify everybody. Well, you know, I'm a multimillionaire, so I'm going to talk about climate change and clubbing the seals and you know all these things. 
but you get the you you get some of these maybe even lower level celebrities to go out and interview these farmers, to go out and interview That'd be these, great. these. You know, you get them to go out there and interview these um uh you know these people at these fisheries, these people in Maine that are dealing with this, you know the way the 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 warming of the waters there has changed everything for their you know lobster dis- uh, distribution. And um, you get some of these celebrities to go out there, and you prompt them to to invest money in production and go out there and and you know make um, you know some short Netflix or whatever you know to start promoting this. I think it's got to be so. I think you got to you, you've got to get some people involved, and it's got to be sold the right. If you sell it the right way, America will buy it. And, That's and there true. has been, you know, there has been. I will, you know. You know, there's there's an organization called Kiss the Ground, which looks at uh, regenerative agriculture, and they've done, I believe it's called the Soil Story. I have to see it, send it to you both, but it's it's a 10 minute documentary, and it's all it's about the farmers and what they've done with regards to uh, regenerative uh, soil and farming practices, and how they've done what they've done to uh, sequester carbon back into their the atmosphere, and successfully so. You know, and these are people literally in Alabama who are farmers, you know, and they've been doing this for years. So it's kind of, you know, I think it has to be short because that's everyone's, you know, a short 10 minute thing, no longer than that. And, you know, I mean, back in the, you could have Captain Planet do one again, you know, but something that's short to the point and that's, and that's (laughs) positive and that's positive, you know, some good stories that people have done out of climate change, because, you know, I think. And I, I have to think, you know, since 2016, I think people are just turned off with so much negativity or, you know, the minute it goes into something negative, they even friends of mine who are uh, political consultants and such, there's days where they're settling. I just can't today. You know, it's like, can we talk about something else? You know, so, you know, I think it's yeah. it's, you know, everyone has burnout. Everyone has that. But I so I think if you wrap it up in a story of. That's, it is, does it has affected all Americans, and I think, unfortunately, lobbyists have done a good job in making it, you know, making it so. So we just have to change, flip the script, so to speak. Uh, Elena, I have to peace out a little bit early because I have an obligation at noon that I need to get to here. I always appreciate you joining us and your friendship, and I will message you soon, and maybe you and I can have a. Uh, a more intensive conversation about how we can get this going with our mutual connections. Uh, Jason, I always appreciate you and your friendship, and I will check in with you and see everybody on Wednesday. All right, Tara, checking out a little early. Got some uh, um, responsibilities there to take care of. Elena, let me ask you this final question because we indeed are, are running out of time. Um, sure. With this, um, we know pretty much with this new, with the Democrats controlling the House, that um, I, I, everybody has these really wild expectations. Of course, there's just people that don't know, you know, they they don't know, you know, that that whatever the the House comes up with has to go to the Senate, and they don't realize that, and that. Nothing. I mean, what do you? I mean, seriously, you know. I mean, I, I really. I, I've come to the realization over the past year that the majority of, um, you know, of these social media people. I, it's why I've just basically checked out of 
of mm. social media. I have no use. I really, I have no use for it. There's nothing, you know, I mean, I could click over there right now and, you know, they're talking about, you know, one of the Trump kids going to jail. You know what? I could really no. give a shit less. You know, I got yes. you know, I got much more important things to think about. You know, they say, well, that's important. Well, it might be important to you, but it's not important to the world. You know, and it's just not. And you know, we get a we get on these you know this whole this whole Trump thing. You know, and like you said, the past two years with all this negativity, all this, you know, uh, just Trump this, Trump that. We can't get on any conversation about anybody. Is anything going to be look? The only thing that's going to the only thing that's going to happen on health care, <clears throat> excuse me, with the Democrats taking the house back, and you know this as well as I do, Elena, uh, is they're going to keep it from that. The, all, all they can do is they won't be able to, um, uh, you know, they won't be able to axe it. I mean, they basically, you know, stymie the Republicans there. But as far as get else get, getting anything else done, I mean. You know, any sort of climate sort of legislation or anything that they put on the board, how far do you see that going, Elena? Good, well, good question. You know, I think there's enough people, and I'm, I'm so impressed by uh, the Sunrise Movement and what they've done to really shine a light onto uh, the Green Deal. And, you know, it's, I guess, uh, you know, I'm, I think we've talked offline about this, but, you know, the Green New Deal is not a new deal, right? So I don't understand why more and more people don't have not heard about that from the past, right? So, well, they don't um, know. I think, they don't, yeah, they don't know about FDR's New Deal. So because people are ignorant and they don't read and, you know, it's a, you know, a great example. You could have a, uh, you know, a great example. You could have an article on Twitter um, retweeted a thousand times, and out of and about one percent of those people that retweet that actually go there to read the article. So you know, I mean, mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. That, I mean that's really that's that's the hard numbers. I mean, it's it's visual. If it's not, yeah, I mean, people don't go and read anything anymore. I mean, they just don't. You know, they'll just talk out of their you know whatever, and it's sure. You know. And politicians so, do the same thing. <laughs> well, and, <laughs> yes, and that's, you know, it's just not what I hope will happen is that the American public will continue put, to put pressure on some of these new faces that are in the House, you know, and a lot of people through Indivisible and other groups of the like who who voted, uh, did postcards, you know, volunteered, worked on that, you know, now that they're, a representative is in the house and whatnot just doesn't mean they're off the hook. And just because they're not a Republican doesn't mean they're off the hook. We have to have, hold everyone accountable, you know? Yes, yeah, I agree. You know, so, yeah. right. So it's not that, so I, you know, the fact that, you know, it's, it's what I do see on Twitter a lot is, you know, people asking who's you know, for healthcare through GoFundMe sites and things, you know, and, and that's, beyond i i don't have words for that you know and it's I, i'm in favor of a single health a single payer health care system i'm in favor of a green new deal and i think there are many some new and some other congressional democrats who've been on both for a while you know so i think people have to sign up for that i think it's time and it's you know i think 
seeing the amount of people asking for funds for cancer on a GoFundMe site. I mean, I mean, you know, if that's, I just, I don't have words for that. Um, I don't know yeah. why. And it's not, you know, to go from, we can't pay for that because we're, you know, oh, that's socialized medicine, et cetera. And it's like, yeah, it works pretty damn well for most of the industrial countries, except this, that we haven't had a chance. And yes, we can pay for it. So, right. you know, I'm tired of also hearing, let's do the studies. Let's do the studies just on the impacts on climate change. Let's do studies or pilot you know, projects on healthcare. No, people are dying from both. And, you know, that's why environmentalists who have done this for a while, as long as, you know, for I have, it's not, it affects everyone. It's not a left issue or a right issue. It's everyone's issue, right? And uh, it's, it's education. But it's, as you said, it's, it's getting a little more creative. Because, you know, there are a lot of people who say, I don't want to see a, a liberal actor from, you know, Hollywood talk about the environment. Okay, which, you know, granted, I understood, hear you, you know, but there's, there's other ways to get the story across. So it's everyday people and maybe it's, it's paid for, it's, it's done. I mean, overall, I think the Democratic Party needs a new branding anyways. I mean, that's, that goes beyond. So I think in terms of healthcare and in terms of uh, the environment. I mean, if we keep just saying the devastation of climate change is real and it's, it's getting bad, I think people have just kind of gotten malaise about the whole thing, to be honest. Yeah. Well, you know, you take people like uh, Alexandria uh, Ocasio-Cortez and, you, you know, some of these uh, that we've, you know, some of these very progressive um, um uh, representatives that we've sent to the house and mm-hmm. you know they you know they they're up there trying to make a difference and then you have the establishment you know you mm-hmm. have these sacred cows you know that have been in you know that you know have been in congress longer than i've been alive and you know i mean <laughs> i mean that's a bit of a stretch but you, you know i mean that's my point here and you know where I'm you, you know where I'm going yes. with this is that yes. you know you you people all the liberals out there they say yay climate change we got to fix that yes single payer health care yes and then when you put the people up there that really want to go and fight for it you attack them you know you you attack the people that go up there oh no hell no 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 pelosi all the way and you know that's fine and dandy, and and you know, you know, nah, you know what, Alexandria, go over there and shut your mouth. You don't know what you're talking about. You know that's what you know. <laughs> am I right? Yes, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely, absolutely right. Yes. Um, there's no. I mean, it's well. There's a there's a couple things, right? So I think. Uh, Personally, I think with with politics as with everything, we need to uh, ha- elect people and then get out of the way, get the hell out of the way, right? So I think we also, we need to elect, I mean, Alexandria has gotten so much flack for doing what she should be doing in Congress. So from her yeah. shoes to her outfit to, you know, and it's like, sure, keep discrediting her. She's going to keep on going. You know, she's and she's going to push for what she was elected for, which is yeah odd. You know, I mean, imagine yeah, that. Peop- imagine right. that. Yeah, people don't get that. You know, I try I explain. I said, listen, uh, 
that, you know, when people say, well, we elected you to the House, we can unelect you. I said, are you in her district? <laughs> well, uh, I, I no, I live in, you know, I live in Billings, Montana or wherever. Mm-hmm. You know, I live down here. I live in South Texas. Well, you know, then shut up because you're not one of her okay. constituents. She ran to her constituents. It's not They're not senators. They're representatives of their district. Understand that, people. You know, and again, this goes back to just a basic understanding of you know of how our government <laughs> works. You know, but it's it's frustrating to me when you see, when you put people up there that want change, that want real change, that they're and they're on and they're honest about it. They made no. They made no uh, uh, bones about it when they were running um, in their respective districts. That this is what they climate change was was important was climate change and single payer and single payer health care universal health care. Those two things were you know those th- those two things are just uber important and well yeah and it's it's you know it goes again I mean this is an example of we. We elected a lot of new faces, a lot of new people, and with maybe some new ideas or actually just bolder ideas, right? And so, you know, I, if we continue the status quo, we are, the Dems are not going to be winning 2020. And if we continue to put pundits who are not climate change scientists on the air, you know, I started to get from yesterday with all of them from, you know, from Chuck Todd to CNN, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is 2016 all over again, right? This is like I, I can feel it a little bit, right, which is, right. no, like this is, you know, where, you know, you have the BBC and a lot of European outlets covering this, covering the, the report with scientists, right? The BBC would never put a non-scientist on this to talk about that. So why the hell are we, you know? So that's – we have to hold people accountable. I also think, you know – Looks like, you know, Nancy Pelosi being the speaker and such. Okay, fine. I'm not, I'm not criticizing how long she's been there or her age or, you know, any of that. I just, I want yeah. her, you know, things have changed. Things have changed. So, yes, she, she marched and she did this and great, all, all wonderful things. But it's now 2018. We need a Green New Deal and we need single payer. So either get on board or get that bleep out of the way. That's, I mean, there's, yeah, I don't have I time agree. to BS, you know, because it's, and that's yeah. what I, I think you see frustra- people are frustrated, right? And it's, you know, this, it's, it's, I think there's a huge misunderstanding too about people who were against Nancy for speaker. And it was nothing about what she's done in their past or whatnot, but she does take money from healthcare professionals. So how likely is she's a, a master legislator? How is she going to get single payer across? Hey, that, it, it can all happen, right? But I'd like to yep. see some of her talking points be part of the Green New Deal. I'd like to see some of her talking points be about, you know, the seven points of the Green New Deal, which is 100% national power generation for renewable sources, building a national energy efficient grid, upgrading residential industry homes for state-of-the-art energy efficiency, comfort, and safety, decarbonizing the manufacturing of agriculture and other industry, funding massive investment in the drawdown capture of greenhouse gases, and that's where regenerative agriculture comes into play. Uh, these are just five of the seven points. I'd like her, some of these to be her talking points, you know? So that's, I'd love that yeah. to be. 
Those are, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, and, you know, I don't know, you know, whether we're going to (laughs) to see that or not, you know, what's going to, you know, I mean, I know what's going to happen. And uh, I I, look, I know what's going to happen over the next two years. And, um, you know, I think, you know, I, I, you know, I came to the conclusion, the other, or not to the conclusion, I said the other day um, on the show, I believe it was on last Wednesday as we were wrapping up before Thanksgiving, I said, you know, as far as Pelosi goes, the best thing that she could do, look, she, you know, is is go ahead and, you know, uh, do these next, you know, these, these, these next two years. I mean, ultimately, she's going to be reelected speaker. And but mm-hmm. go ahead and announce that this she should immediately once elected, once reelected as speaker of the House, she should immediately announce this is going to be my last term. And mm-hmm. I'm going to retire after this and this such, you know, who I've got, you know, such and such, uh, who and who, whatever, you know, in training, waiting in the wings, you know, so we're not yeah, dealing yeah. with. Yeah. Well, this is the I whole mean, thing. That with needs Paul. To I just, yeah, I don't understand, like, the lack of term limits and et cetera. Like, I just don't. And, you know, if we don't get money out of politics, we're not going to have nice things. Right. So, you know, I don't the whole part of being at a certain age, too, which is that you become a mentor and you pass the baton to the future generation. You know, uh, that's I mean, there there's enough things, horrible things said about millennials and Gen Z's, which I don't even want to begin. But, you know, this is their planet. This is their generation, how they're going to be impacted. Right. So, I mean, for Christ's sakes, a country that has GoFundMe as a sustainable healthcare? Like, who are we to say that? Right. You know? Yeah. And it, listen, mean, and I've said this numerous times, it's not, and we've had this conversation, and I, you know, I've made it clear on the show, and I make it clear every time, listen, I've said from the beginning, it wasn't just Pelosi for me, it was Pelosi and Schumer. I've, I've mm-hmm. said that from, mm-hmm. from months and months ago. So, Same. they, you know, Same. we need a change yeah. in both the Senate and the House leadership. Period in story, and obviously Correct. we'll probably get that, but it's going to take us two years. Elena Christopoulos, we're out of time. Hey, thank you for joining us. What an incredible uh, interview today, and and just uh, ec- you're just excellent. Um, the way that you do distill um, climate change and um, explain it um, is 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 a very um, a comfortable you make it very comfortable to listen to and i would encourage everybody that that um to go out there that's listening to the show today and download this show and share it with your friends and listen to it and then go out there and do your do your own do your own homework on climate change elena you know i encourage people to do that all the time you know do your own research educate yourself as much as possible, right? There's, I mean, the report is online and it's actually very user friendly. There's some great visuals, etc. So I'd really recommend people to take a look at the report. And you know, it's not all doom and gloom. There is some possible things. And you know, educate yourself as opposed to a talking head. It's it's in layman's terms. So I really recommend people to take that to take a look at the assessment online. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Elena Christopoulos, um, thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to follow Elena on Twitter, you can do so at Elena C H. That is 
E L E N A C H there. And um, Elena, um, thank you for joining us today. And uh, we'll have you back again real soon. Thank you. You have a wonderful week. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Elena Christophilos, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to wrap things up here today. Tara had to uh, cut out early today. Um, she had a responsibility with um, one of her sons, I do believe. And so uh, I'm going to wrap this up. Again, thanks to Elena Christopoulos uh, for joining us today. And we will be back on Wednesday. We have um, attorney Adrian Lawrence is going to be joining us on Wednesday. Um looking forward to speaking with her. Um and uh we got a lot of great guests coming up this month uh or I should say uh, this month. Uh, we're running out of time this month. Uh in December, we have a lot of great guests coming up. Um a lot of exciting shows planned out here on taylorterrorradio.com. All right, if you missed any of the show today, you can find it on a number on any number of your favorite podcast listening platforms, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, or Google Play Music. Just simply type in Taylor Kara Radio. Everyone have a great week, and we will see everybody 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday right here on TaylorTaraRadio.com. Rumors spread around, and then take to the town. Right that shack outside the greens, you know what I'm talking about. Just let me know.